بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه والذين اتبعوهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين We live in a time and place of demoralization values deterioration and severe desensitization to wrong and right. And there are in my observation two main reasons for this sorry situation. Reason number one, it is lack of adequate and correct methods and standards to raise the children to be good men and women. There is no emphasis on the issue of morality in public schools and the majority of private schools. And when we have a generation of children lacking important teachings on the issues of morality and manners, then we will end up with an immoral and unmannered generation. And to further complicate the situation comes reason number two, which is excessive freedom. In our society, excessive freedom is a problem. Personal freedom in many cases becomes the license for licentiousness and immorality. Personal freedom in many cases becomes the cover under which hides all kind of evil. And the promoters of immorality under the cover of protecting personal freedom want us to believe what people do in their lives, no matter how evil it is, as long as it does not involve us directly it's not of our business. Isn't that true? Katrina devastated the city of Mardi Gras and other sin celebration festivals. The hurricane also devastated the region that hosted many gambling casinos. But the hurricane also affected you and me and everybody else in higher gas prices and the subsequent price increase for many other products. So to say what people do in their lives, no matter how evil it is, no matter how immoral it is, no matter how sinful it is, as long as it does not affect you or involve you directly, is not of your business, is one of the biggest lies spreading in the 21st century. And loved ones, this lie is in direct contradiction with the Torah, and the Injil, and most importantly, the Qur'an. And I would like to take you now on a Qur'anic tour, and we stop at two stations. The first station is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Qur'an about the followers of Musa. There are three groups of people. Group number one broke the divine law. 
The group number two did not do anything about it. A group number three admonished group number one. And when they did that, a group number two said to group number three what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala related to us in the Quran in 7167. They said, Why do you admonish a people whom Allah is about to destroy or to punish with a severe punishment? A group number three said to group number two, also what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, in the continuation of this ayah, it says, They responded to be absolved before your Lord, and maybe they will protect themselves from Allah by obeying Allah. This is station number one. Now we move to station number two, and that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran about Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his companions. He said, كُنْتُمْ خَيْرَ أُمَّةٍ أُخْرِجَتْ لِلنَّاسِ تَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَتَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ You are the best nation came to humanity because you enjoin in good and eradicate evil and believe in Allah. The addressees of this ayah are the companions of Allah's messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. Allah is telling them you are the best nation. Why? Because of your color? Because of your race? No? Because of your blood relation to Allah's Messenger? Or maybe because you are tactful and politically correct? All of those are the wrong answers. The remaining of the ayah answers the question for us. Because you enjoin in God and eradicate evil and believe in Allah. This is the recipe to be the best. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling them, you are the best nation that came to humanity. You are the best nation that came to humanity. Why? Because you believe in Allah, you enjoin in good, and you eradicate evil. So we as believers must speak out against evil, immoral, and deceptive practices. If this is the only thing we can do, we have to do it. So to say what people do in their lives, no matter how evil it is, and no matter how immoral it is, it's not of our business, is a lie. I'll give you an analogy. If a person wants to drive the car that he owns on roads for which he pays taxes, but he wants to exceed the speed limit, can he reason that this is my personal freedom and this is my own car and I pay taxes for this road? No. The state trooper will pull him over and will issue for him a ticket and maybe he will suspend his driver's license. Because this reckless driver is a hazard to other roads users. Likewise, when a person travels 200 miles on the road of life, 
breaking all rules and moral limits that ensure safe voyage for the society, the society has the right to suspend his licentiousness license. So in brief, brothers and sisters, lack of adequate and correct methods and standards to raise children to be good men and women along with the lies of the promoters of immorality are the two major reasons we have high level of demoralization, values deterioration and severe desensitization to wrong and right. And as a result of that, tremendous social diseases and horrendous evil practices become moral and acceptable. They become moral and normal and acceptable. The last 50 years of the American history devastated the moral standard of people more than the devastation Katrina brought to New Orleans. And if we keep on doing those immoral practices, that will bring to us God's retaliation against a society that violates all codes of morality, unless we as a society do something about it. And you, the Muslim community, is part of the fabric of the society. What happens to the society affects you. Do not think you have a special protection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many Muslims were devastated in New Orleans. So you as part of the fabric of the society had a tremendous responsibility. And that is to stand against immoral practices. And we as Muslims still preserve a higher level of morality and values than other classes of the society. But we still have a mighty challenge ahead of us. And that is to raise our children to be pious men and women in an arena of moral and theological chaos. And that will bring us to the topic of parenting. And now you see how important it is to do good parenting. Parenting is one of the issues that is related to the science of terbiyah. Terbiyah comes from three root words. Rabba, Rabia, and Yarubbu. Those root words denote a combination of meanings. I want you to pick up your pens and write those meanings. Upbringing, fostering, Caring, correcting, monitoring, training, and modifying. So those root words denote a combination of meanings. Upbringing, fostering, caring, correcting, monitoring, training, nurturing, and modifying. Children grow on different levels. Children grow up physically, intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, and morally. So the definition of parenting is to influence the growth process of a child through upbringing, fostering, caring, correcting, 
monitoring, training, nurturing, and modifying in order to, insha'Allah ta'ala, end up with an adult that meets predetermined objectives. Those objectives many times are not articulated. But the behavior of the parents emphasizes certain objectives that they feel their importance and the child feels their importance as well. Those objectives cause parents to adopt one of these parenting models. I will share with you those parenting models now. The career model, the character model, the happiness model, and the faith model. In respect to the career model, the emphasis here is on the career the child will have as an adult. So the efforts of fostering, caring, correcting, monitoring, training, nurturing, and modifying focus on the career that the child shall have as a grown-up. So as a result of this objective, if the child slacks on his or her studies, he or she is in trouble. But if they slack in other areas, we let it slide. Because the most important objective is the career and everything else becomes secondary. If the child slacks on his Quranic studies and religious duties, it's not really a big problem. But if the child slacks on his secular education, it is a big problem. Parents who follow this model send a very clear message to their children. And the message says, your secular education is more important than your religious education. So as a result, the child does not care about his religious education. If you have a Saturday school, a weekend school, you see the children coming in and leaving and they are careless about what they are being taught or about their homeworks or about their books. But the same child pays extra attention to his secular education because his parents get on him if he slacks in math or in, or in science. But you know his religious education, it does not really matter. The result of this model is to have materialistic men and women who do not know much about their religion. And this is a trend, not the case of every child. Many parents decide to send their children to public or to private schools and not send them to Islamic schools. On grounds that in the Islamic school they're not going to get the best of education. Even though when they go to public school, they're going to get the best of sex education. They say we'll take that risk. Because they are focusing on the career of the child. The second model is the character model. The emphasis here is on the character of the child. So the efforts of fostering, caring, correcting, monitoring, training, nurturing and modifying focus on the character of the child, his traits and values. We want the child to be honest, polite, trustworthy and a kind individual. But notice the emphasis here is on the traits and values devoid of any religious truth. 
The result of this model is to have men and women of good values, but lacking the religious backing to back up those values in times of trials. And also you may have a person who is very manipulative. The third model is the happiness model. The emphasis here is on the happiness of the child. So the efforts of fostering, caring, correcting, monitoring, training, nurturing and modifying focus on the child's happiness. We want the child to be happy. We want the, the child to be smiling all the time. So in this model, the parents become the child's entertainers. Take him from school to the soccer game, from the soccer game to the pizza store, and next day to the skating ring, and we want the child to be happy. And the child thinks the whole world is revolving around him, and he is the center. So we end up with self-centered adults. That is the result of the happiness model. We end up with brats and selfish children, when they think the whole world is revolving around them and their happiness. And the last model is the faith model. The emphasis here is on the faith of the child. Loved ones, faith is not something we box up in our hearts and we use it on a yearly basis. Faith is the impetus that shapes our behaviors. We live our faith in every aspect of our lives. So when the efforts of fostering, caring, correcting, monitoring, training, nurturing and modifying focus on the child's faith, then by the help of Allah we will have a faithful child. A child that grows up to be a good Muslim or a good Muslimah. Knowing that faith shapes the behavior, the result of this model is to have adults who take Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as their role model. Because faith shapes the behavior. So when they have the good faith in them, they will take on the behavior of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That means they will take Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as their role model. Listen to what Allah Azza wa Jal says in the Quran in 3321. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرِ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا Certainly you have in Allah's Messenger an excellent role model for him or for her who hopes in Allah and the latter day and remembers Allah immensely. I want to take this ayah from its end and work my way to the beginning of it. When we impart in the child the correct faith, he shall have hopes in Allah and the last day, remembers Allah immensely, and as a result of that, he shall accept Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as his role model. This is the importance of the faith model. When you raise your children according to the faith model, you impart in the child's heart the love of Allah, 
hope in Allah and the last day. You train your child to remember Allah immensely. As a result of that, he or she will accept and take Allah's messenger as their role model. So the faith model focuses on three points. Impart Allah's love in the child's heart. Imparts hope in Allah and the last day. Teaches the child to remember Allah immensely. As a result of that, the child takes Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam as his role model. As, as a result of that, the book of Allah become the guide of that person. Because you want the Quran to guide this human being. Many parents get into sticky situation when the time comes where their children are reaching the age of puberty. They don't know what to do. Should we send the, the child to sex education in school? They are offering that in school. Should we? Should we not? What should we do? How should we handle it? Well, if they go by the Qur'an, all of those problems will be solved. Because you know in the Qur'an there are many verses that speak about the relationship between men and women and creation and how those things happen. When you expose your child to the Qur'anic language that teaches but without explicity, the child will get the education he needs with the Qur'anic guidance. So we need to bond our children with the Qur'an, and they do that when they take Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam as their role model. They will learn about, they will get good sex education, good morality, and good standards and how they grow up to be good men and women. Otherwise, many parents, when their children come to the age of puberty, they don't know what to do. Even though in the Qur'an they are the answers and they are the best way to present this needed information to the child. So this model of raising children also will not make the child miss out on the value issue or the happiness issue or the career issue. In respect to having good values, needless to say, the child who takes Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam as his role model will have the best of trait and values that are not severed from faith, but rather faith-based traits and values. Good traits that are not based on faith, are susceptible to cave in under the pressure of temptations. Whereas good traits that are backed up with religious truth, endure the pressure of temptations. In respect to happiness, the child, insha'Allah ta'ala, will be a believer who loves Allah and His Messenger, and does life according to Allah's way. And that will bring happiness to the child. The child will be strong enough to face life's problems. When you teach your child what patience is and how to be patient. What dependence on Allah is and how to depend on Allah. What seeking Allah's help is and how to seek Allah's help. You are equipping your children to face life's problems and that ensure their success and happiness.
And a respect to the career. The faith model does not make your child miss out on having a good career. Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Allah ordered that you do everything with perfection. But a good career is not related to the type of the career. A good career happens when we employ our abilities to apply our skills and talents to do the best work we can do as a testimony of our faith. So we can have good doctors and engineers and nurses and electricians and drivers and welders and mechanics and carpenters and zoologists and botanists. We can have all kind of people in all skills and professions who do the best work they can do as a testimony of their faith. So a good career is not related to how much money the child makes, but he does the best work he can do in an area that he is talented for or she is talented for, and they do the work as a testimony of their faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because faith shapes the behavior. So obviously, brothers and sisters, the way to go for your parenting style is the faith model. Don't you agree? I want to hear you. Yes. So the efforts of fostering, caring, correcting, monitoring, training, nurturing, modifying, focus on the child's faith while he or she grows up physically, spiritually, intellectually, mentally, emotionally in order to influence by Allah's help, the growth process of the child to be an adult that meets a predetermined objective. That is the target, which is to accept and take Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa as his or her role model. That is very important. Western cultures provide disastrous role models, such as Basketball players, baseball players, singers and dancers and actors. Those kind of people, through the help of the media and the promoters of immorality, and because the culture allows immorality to be publicized and honored, those people become on grounds of their fame and athletic performance the icons that children look up to. And when children accept such people as their role models, as their heroes, they also accept their values that are in most cases not only worthless, but harmful. So we must introduce to our children Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa as their hero of heroes and as their role model. And this is your task as parents and educators. And needless to say, the task of parenting is not an easy one. It requires on your part as a parent, patience, love, consistency, and knowledge.